0: Hello everybody and welcome back to the Rob Talks podcast and this is episode 30 and in today's episode we're going to be covering the topic of how habits affect our mental health. So what do I mean by this and what do I mean by habits and how they can affect our mental health? So what I mean with this is the fact of that We build habits as humans. We are creatures of habit and we build both good habits and bad habits and habits are really things that are repetitive. They are actions that we do and that we take that are repetitive. And sometimes we are knowing of them and that we do this thing or we do that thing repetitively because it makes us feel comfortable and we like it. And sometimes we do it and we don't even realise or sometimes even worse, you don't even realize the effects that it actually can have on you. And so hopefully with this episode, I'm gonna help you understand how habits can actually affect your mental health. And so consequently, what can you do to those bad habits that you may have in your life and how you can overcome them and how you can help your mental health. So the first thing I want to start with is a story. Now, this story is called The Hill Story, and I've nicked it off a author called Michael Pollan, who I will mention later for a particular reason. But he says that there is a story that is all to do with your mind being like a hill. So your mind is this hill and this hill has been covered in a fresh layer of snow. Now, as a child, this is how your brain begins. Your brain begins with a fresh layer of snow, free for you to think in any way that you want, for you to explore, for you to be creative, for you to be curious and try and figure out the world. And this is where habits and thoughts start to grow and slowly but surely develop and develop and develop. So you have your hill that is covered in snow. But over time, as you have thoughts and you create habits and you do actions, you sledge down this hill, creating tracks as you go down the hill. And in doing so, that means when you next go to the top of the hill, it's considerably easier for you to go down the tracks you have previously made rather than creating new tracks. And this is what happens in our brains. This is what happens when we create habits and when we have thoughts. If thoughts become repetitive, if habits become repetitive actions, that means we are much more comfortable in repeating those actions and repeating what we do and what we think again and again and again. And this is perfectly fine, especially in the case of where we have created good habits. So it can be something as simple as that you go running once and you have that feeling of that running feels really nice. So you then try it a couple of weeks later and it feels good again. And so then you try again. And in the repetitiveness of you always putting your shoes by your bed and always putting your stuff ready by your bed, by having that good habit of doing that the night before, the next morning you wake up and you have no excuse And also you like the feeling, so you go running and it develops this connection between if I run, I get X feeling. But this can happen with our bad habits as well. And I wanted to go over an example I have kind of mentioned before, which actually relates to myself in terms of my bad habits, especially with food. Now, I've been a lot better with this over, I would say, probably the past couple of months. But I am very much somebody who loves ice cream and I adore Ben & Jerry's, still waiting for that sponsorship. But I absolutely love Ben & Jerry's and it is a food that I have to say, it's a guilty pleasure. You know that when you are eating it, that you are putting a ton of sugar into your body and you're putting a ton of calories in and it's not good for you. But the feeling that I have from having that food feels so nice that you discount the fact that it is doing worse things to your body than actually do it, the eating is doing and so you realize that from this battle that you have in your head that I'd much rather just eat the ice cream because it's going to make me feel better and it is also because from eating that ice cream it helps me to fits within a habit that i have created over time especially as i've been at university i've created a habit in that whenever i'm stressed or whenever i'm struggling or whenever i just want to be able to relax the key thing that i like to create is this space where i can relax and feel stress free and the easiest way to do that is to give myself dopamine hits from relaxing and watching movie and eating ice cream packed full of sugar packed full of sweetness and just something that i cannot explain because i'm not a biologist that feels so great but of course i don't actually entirely understand what that is doing to my body yes i understand it's got a lot of sugar in but You can see that through with your teeth. You can see that through with your own physical health if you've put weight on because of the calories as well. But something that you can't see is in fact the effect that has on your mental health. And I have never seen that before. And I've always been intrigued, and I'm sure I'll do a video on this explaining it further, of what our relationship with food and drink and our diet actually has on our mental health. And I've slowly but surely realized That what ice cream does for me is it gives me that kick of a dopamine hit, a bit like an adrenaline hit in a way that makes me feel happy, that makes me feel stress free, that makes me feel great. But over the long time and the long period, what having that amount of ice cream does is it affects my sleep, it affects my circadian rhythm and it affects me going to bed and your sleep massively impacts your mental health. And so that's what can impact my mental health. But also something that people don't entirely always realize is that foods and drinks that are full of caffeine and full of sugar, in fact, can massively affect your anxiety levels. And as somebody who struggles with anxiety, usually most likely when I'm stressed or when I'm struggling, usually the first thing that I hits me is my anxiety levels. And I don't realize that A part of that is because I'm having ice cream, because I've created a habit of that when I feel like that, I have ice cream to overcome it. But in fact, in the long term, the ice cream actually makes my anxiety levels worse. And it can be something as simple as that, that if we don't have the self-awareness and we haven't built that self-awareness yet, or we haven't Divulged into our habits enough and reflected enough on our habits, we sometimes miss these clear as day relations between the fact of you doing something and what effect that has on your mental health. And so we have to be able to see how can we break these bad habits, and also what are habits that we have that are not just from actions, but also what goes on in our heads. And another example that I have within my own life is I'm sure so many people have this and especially in relating to anxiety and feeling anxious is worrying about the future. I'm somebody who is always constantly thinking about the future. What is my career going to be like? What house am I going to live in? What salary am I going to be paid? Who am I going to be with? Am I going to be with anybody? What does my future hold? Am I going to actually fulfill my dreams and desires? So many of these questions, which I'm sure fill so many other people's heads as well, who are probably listening, go around my head a lot. And even with us thinking as crazy far ahead as, although you can't really say that entirely, but even thinking about death and what happens with death. And what happens then according to what you did in your life? And what happens after death? Is there heaven or hell? Is there nothing? Is it darkness? (laughs) So many of these very much future-focusing questions consume my thoughts. And I've had this bad habit sometimes of where it can be over-consuming and you start to overthink about these topics. And I'm sure that there are many people out there of where this happens, and a lot of the time, when it's anxiety it's because you're worrying about so many things that are far off in the future when it is more to do with depression and that you feel sad or depressed it's more likely to be something that has happened to you or that's in your past that is affecting you it can be from the death of a loved one through going through a life-changing incident or trauma whatever it may be that can be what can make you feel depressed and have these depressive thoughts so The question is, is how do we make our hill have a fresh layer of snow? How do we get away from being consumed by our bad habits and create more good habits? The answer is, or of many answers, is to try new things. We actually have to get outside Of our comfort zone. And I've said this before in terms of helping to deal with anxiety. And it is so true because in you getting outside of your comfort zone, what happens is is you become like a child again. You become curious. You become on your own. You're not sat in your comfort zone anymore. You're trying something new. You're doing something new. You're in a new place. And so you have to be able to absorb all of that. You have to be able to process all of that in your brain. And all of a sudden, you've created a new layer of snow where your bad habits won't torment you or less likely to torment you or be effective in happening in this new place, this new skill, this new thing that you are doing. And that's why I highly recommend in thinking about how can you get outside of your comfort zone? Is it for one, trying a new skill? So I can easily see for somebody like me, I have terrible control. I can't remember the exact word, but in terms of being able to juggle, I'm terrible at juggling. And I am sure that if I was to pursue juggling and try that new skill and really dig in deep, trying to become the best juggler that I can be, that I would genuinely find ways to open up my mind more. And I would find ways that would get rid of bad habits in my life. And even maybe bad habits that are related to things to do with, perception or things within my life whatever it may be and in particular this is why i find a sport like climbing to be incredibly influential on my mental health because a key part of climbing is problem solving and a key part of that is to do with the fact that within climbing you get a new route every week or every month or at least every year, whatever it may be. You will always have to look at new routes. You will have to work out the moves that you've got to do and where you have to put your feet, where you have to put your hands. It's always something new. It's always something that your mind hasn't seen before. And so you're forever getting outside of your comfort zone, just that little bit. You're forever putting that little fresh layer of snow on your hill. And another that we can do is looking into travel travel i know is more of an expensive option but being able to travel by yourself taking time to experience things by yourself and solo is a massive thing to really open up your mind and being able to experience the world in a different way so there's a way that you can do that if it's in your gap year if it's whilst you're at university if it's just even a something as simple as Going on a train journey or on a bus to a new city in England, in the UK that you've never been to before. Something as simple as that can open up your mind. And that's something that I, in fact, endeavor to always do when I go to a new place. I don't know why, I have a fascination with the architecture of cathedrals and churches. It always really gives me a moment of awe. I find them so impressive of how tall they are, of the insane sculptures that are inside and the history behind them. I'm sorry, but I could go on for ages about them. But that's why I always find times to just go and find that new place, that new church I've never been to, that new cathedral I've never been to, that place of historic significance. And I in particular remember this once of when I was in London and I had, it must have been about five hours to kill. I had absolutely nothing to do. So I went to a restaurant, at a cool burger that was full of chilies or something, and I thought I would go on a walk. So what did I do? I searched up where there was a church near St. Pancras Station that looked really cool. It looked like it was out of a Harry Potter film. And so I went and visited it, and even just something as new as that just opened up my mind to the community that was surrounding this church, the history that was involved with this church and the amazing sculptures that they had at the front of these stone sculptures and where the candles sit and even the stained glass windows. So many things that I'd never seen before that were able to open up my mind. And I truly think that in trying new things and doing new things, you can help to open up your mind. And I think ultimately, that is what can help us to deal with anxiety, to deal with depression, to deal with all of these mental health issues that we all go through in our lives. And even to those out there who maybe struggle with it on a daily basis in the terms of a mental illness or disorder, I think that in being able to try something new, it can help us to open up our minds truly. And it can help us to get out of those bad habits. And especially those thought tracks of bad habits. But I'm sure you are sat there and you're saying, Rob, you're not really attacking habits though as a problem. How do we actually break a bad habit? And of course, when we think about breaking a habit, it's usually seen as this quite forceful thing. I don't know why. I imagine breaking like a metal bar or a stick or something of that you've got this thing that's controlling your life or that's affecting your mental health massively. And you just want to break it. You want it to get out of your life. And you usually do this in a very attacking way. Most people, if, for example, you want to stop eating chocolate because you've realized your intake of chocolate affects your mental health or affects your physical health, whatever it may be, a lot of the time people go, I'm going to stop. And then if they're committed enough, if they're disciplined enough, they will stop the next day and maybe the day after, and maybe the day after. But until they instill it as a habit, you are so much more likely to break it. I remember from a time at university where I actually put some weight on within first year, and it was partially because I'd been ill before because of my chemotherapy I had to go through before going to university. And so I'd lost weight. So I put weight on, but then I put so much weight on, I wanted to lose it. So what did I do? I stopped eating chocolate. And I tell you that It was so, so hard for the first two to three weeks to be able to get through that. I rely on chocolate so much to get me through stressful periods and to help me just get through life, really. And I'm sure lots of people can relate to that. And so what it required was to get through the discomfort to eventually achieve it as a habit. But did I achieve it on the long term? No, I didn't. I know that Basically, I think after about four months, probably around about Easter or whenever it was, I went straight back onto eating chocolate again because I said, you know what, Rob, you've lost weight, you've done what you needed to do. Bish bash bosh, you can have chocolate again. And it didn't answer the problem on a long-term pursuit. So how can we do that? How can we actually change? how we think about things, how we have these tracks that we create on our hills, these thought tracks, these thought habits that can be bad for us. And how can we create new ones that are good? And I think that it comes down to these key points. You firstly firstly have to have the awareness. You have to be able to understand that by you doing X thing, it's affecting X, Y, and Z. And in particular, where does your mental health come within that? you then also got to then think about how are you going to plan to get over it like with any runner or any athlete, you always have to have a plan of your training of how are you going to get to x goal so how are you going to stop eating chocolate how am i going to stop eating ice cream for the long term and how are you going to change your thought process around that and so you then have to go through the discomfort. Once you take action, you have to go through the discomfort of the pain of not eating chocolate, the pain of not eating ice cream, or even the pain of making sure that you don't think about these thoughts that you may be having, or if you do think about them, that you don't just let them bottle up and stick within you. You actually process them, you journal them, you go through them. You have to get through the discomfort to then get to the point of where you can also incentivize yourself so how are you going to motivate yourself to complete and achieve this goal this goal that you want to last as a long-term habit how are you going to do that is it that you allow yourself at the start to have incremental amounts of chocolate i know i'm using food as an example a lot but it's the easiest one for me or is it that you allow yourself you're able to watch that tv show if you don't eat chocolate for x amount of time Is that how it works? You've got to think about what's going to motivate you, what's going to incentivize you to really, truly break this habit. And I think in breaking the habit, you will find at the point of where you feel like you've truly broken it. Usually for me personally, it's always around about two to three weeks of perseverance that you eventually find that spot of where you just do it as naturally as you possibly can. But then you've got to find how can you do this for the long term? So how can you instill a good habit? Is there a habit that you can instill that is good, that goes on top of it? So instead of you eating chocolate, at the times that you feel like you want chocolate, you're craving it, is that the time that you go and do exercise? Is that the time that you journal? Is that the time that you meditate? Is that the time that you decide, you know what, I'm gonna have some water instead or eat an apple or motivate yourself, incentivize yourself by saying, okay, we clearly need to de-stress ourselves. Let's watch this TV show for 10 minutes, half an hour, or whatever it may be, and let's allow ourselves to calm down that way. There are so many ways that you can build better habits off the back of breaking a bad habit. And I think for myself, and in particular with habits of thought, it's working out how do you process getting through that bad habit. So with thoughts for myself, so much of it is to do with processing, of journaling, of writing it down, of talking to myself. Even doing these podcasts helps me to get through so many of these big questions I like to ask myself and thoughts that I may be having. And I'm sure that can work for others as well. And you also have to work out, especially, and this is what I believe is integral with good habits, is what is your long-term motivation? Because the person that will go to the gym, for example, for the longest and for the most dedication will be because they gain enjoyment out of the gym. So it's truly a passion of theirs. Or they have a goal, which is a long term goal in terms of that you want to look after your physical health. You want to look after your physical fitness and you put that as priority number one. That's if you truly believe in it and you have to really believe in it, you truly believe in that that's what's going to make you go to the gym again and again and again. If you truly believe that you bottling up a thought process that you're having is the thing that is really being detrimental to your mental health, then you have to find how in your long-term goal of say meditating or journaling, how that is going to be something that motivates you and that you link it to the fact that you deeply, truly believe That if you journal every single day, or you journal every single week, or you journal every single time you feel X way, that you are going to get better. And that is going to help you look after your mental health for your life. That's when you can start to have good habits that are effective. And so habits, I think, are a tricky thing. And overall, I think, they're probably one of the parts in my life that i probably struggle with the most and so hopefully this advice that i've given you will be able to help you to do it in your own life but also it's considering the fact of that it's not easy and i think the discomfort part is the part that breaks most people in breaking that bad habit in trying to lay that fresh layer of snow in your on your hill That is your mind. The discomfort part can be the part that stops people. And whether you break that bad habit is solely down to, I believe, whether you can get through the discomfort and whether you can motivate yourself that this is something you want long term. If you can't motivate yourself long term, but you can get yourself through the discomfort, you're going to go on a cycle. And trust me, it will happen again and again. And you see it with so many people who, for example, give up smoking or give up eating chocolate or give up X, Y or Z. It happens in cycles if you don't find the long term incentive or the long term motivation. Once you find that and it's something that you truly and deeply believe in, that's how you build good habits. And remember, start small, start easy. Make it easy to implement the habit and grow on it. And with bad habits, if you're thinking that you're sat there and you're thinking, I don't really have that many bad habits. Take time to reflect. Journal. Write down about, for example, when you feel anxious, when you feel depressed, what are things that are happening around in your life as you are doing that? What are the coping mechanisms that you employ? And what are the things that are actually happening within the context of it all? Because you then may start to realize how actions that you are taking or habits that you have within your life are contributing to affecting your mental health. I really hope that from this podcast episode, this advice helps you to break those bad habits and to build those good habits and realize and have the self-awareness to understand that habits do affect your mental health, even if you don't realise it. This is the time to take action and to realise how you can change your life for the better and truly look after your mental health. You have been listening to the Rob Talks podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And on the 30th episode, I'm so happy to be at 30 episodes. It feels like we are really rolling with this podcast. And I appreciate every comment, every thing from my friends, from listeners, from whoever is listening, watching to this. I appreciate your support and your kindness and your beautiful words so, so much. So thank you so much for listening. And I will see you next week, hopefully, for a Q&A video. You have just been listening to the Rob Talks podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and please make sure to subscribe and give me a follow on YouTube, Spotify, Instagram, Facebook, or even LinkedIn and I will speak with you soon. Stay safe and have a great week.